us as we lift him up and glorify him. Amen. And so I want him to, for I want my heart to worship him wholeheartedly so that uh, his gifts will show up in me. The gift of healing, the deliverance, miracles, hope, joy, peace, wisdom, revelation. Amen. Truth. I want these things to show up in my life. And real praise and worshipers are a little different than other people. Other people uh, may worship if they feel something real strong. But real praise and worshipers will praise God when nothing is going on. Amen. When you, because you see, it isn't about your feelings any longer. Thank God for feelings. I said, thank God for feelings. Thank God that we have a God that we can feel. Amen. But we don't go on our feelings. We don't go on our emotions. We go knowing that God is good and he is good all the time. God doesn't have a problem with schizophrenia. He isn't uh, one way one day and another way the next, but he is good all the time. Amen. And so no matter what comes in my life and what's going on around me, he is still worthy to be praised. Amen. And so I may come to church and things haven't been going good today, but God is still good. So I'm going to praise him. Amen. Things in my life may actually be upside down and circumstances of my life may not be the greatest, but God is still in control. And so therefore I will praise him. Amen. He said, I, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Now that's one thing to say it and it's another thing to do it. Amen. Because anybody can quote the scripture, but it's difficult to praise God when everything in your life is a mess. Come on. Do I have any real people here tonight? Amen. It's difficult to praise him and put a smile on your face and put a clap in your hands and put a shout in your mouth whenever the enemy is coming in seeming like a flood and the spirit of the Lord has not yet raised up a standard against that enemy. But how many know it is your praise that will cause the standard to be lifted up? It is your worship that will cause God to rise up. And the Bible said when God arises, his enemies will scatter. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish in the presence of God. Amen. So if you got wickedness all around you, create an atmosphere that will invite the presence of God into your circumstance and your enemy is going to have to go. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we change. We, we aren't people that are just, uh, uh, thermostats, but we are people that change the atmosphere. We are people that change the climate. We have the ability, we can have church anytime we want to have church. Amen. Folks say, you know, and I know that good meaning folks, they, they say, let's pray for revival. Well, revival is already here. We just got to get in an atmosphere. We have to get in a mindset that we are going to receive from God. Amen. And, and I don't want to, you know, demean, you know, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in preparing and preparation for our soul. But I also believe that we allow the enemy to rob us many times because we're waiting on a feeling. 
Amen. But let me tell you something. God is good all the time and we've got to learn how to praise him when we don't feel nothing. Amen. You see, David said that he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Amen. It didn't reflect anywhere in that scripture that he felt the spirit of the Lord, that he felt an unction. He just said, I know God's good. I know the enemy is raging, but I'm just going to bless him anyhow because he is worthy of my praise. And he blessed the Lord and God showed up. Real praise and worship will uh, pray. Will Praisers and worshipers will praise God when nothing is going on because they understand that when they worship, God will come and inhabit their praise. Amen. Now, Sunday morning, we said this word inhabit means what? To ambush. Let's say that together. To ambush. Y'all are slow. Come on. Let's do it together now. To ambush. Amen. And so he inhabits our praise or he ambushes our praise. And so when there is an ambush set up, uh, there is no signs that they're there. Are you with me? There's no signs. That's the reason it's an ambush. Have you ever watched a Western? Any older folks watch Gunsmoke? I know the younger ones told me they don't know what it is. Yeah. You know... They set up an ambush, right? They hide in the trees. They hide in the bushes. They, they're surrounding a place. But when they're going in, they, nobody knows that they're there. But suddenly, when they get to the right place at the right time, there is a sound, there is a, there is a signal, and that sound of that signal is given, and suddenly there is an ambush that takes place. Amen? The command is given, and the moment that the command is given, nothing is held back. Everything at all full force, all power is released to win the battle. And when we come to church, we can, can't feel God. We don't see Him. There's no sign that He is anywhere, but if we will begin to praise him in this house, if we will begin to lift him up and glorify his name without notice, God will come with all of heaven. He will come in all of his power. He will come with all of his authority. When we begin to praise him and worship him, he will ambush us with his goodness and his glory. Amen. I've seen church services sometimes go all service long and all of us and nothing and going on and get right to the end of the service and in my flesh. Can I tell you what I think? Can you take what I think and not judge me? <laughs> I think, why don't we just shut this down and all go to Dairy Queen and get a banana split and forget this ever happened? When suddenly somebody gets in an atmosphere of worship and out of nowhere, bam, his glory shows up. And people's lives start getting changed and people find help and hope and strength and joy. Amen. What is that? It's because somebody has got connected into and begin to worship him from their heart. And he responds to that. How? By inhabiting our praise, inhabiting our worship. God's presence will ambush you wherever you are. And when he ambushes you, your life will be changed. Amen. Tonight, I want to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 13. I'm laying this foundation for months ahead, and 
believing God is going to touch many people's lives in this Christmas season. And we are praying for lives to be changed over the next four weeks. Have you been inviting somebody? All right, thank you too. All right, I'm glad we put all this work into two people inviting somebody. Come on now. Amen. As Pastor Eric said Sunday morning, if you don't have no sinner friends, you need to get some. Amen. Invite them to come on into the house of God and be a part because they need their life changed just like you did, right? You remember that? Amen. All right, that's enough of that. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are for of a sound mind, it is for you. Worship must be a lifestyle. Worship is not just what we do on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. When you know him, you can worship him anywhere. Amen. Worship is one of those things that that you get hungry for the presence of God. You desire his presence in your life. And you begin to praise him and worship him, not out of some religious duty, but because of who he is. And you'll find yourself waking up in the middle of the night, needing his presence, and you'll just begin to lift your hands in the bed and give him some kind of praise and worship his name because you're hungry for the presence of God. Amen. You see, wherever you are, whatever you may be going through, you come to a place that you need need his presence. I want to tell you that I understand tonight that I need the presence of God more than I've ever needed him in my life. I need his presence. I can't live without his presence. I've come to the realization that without him, I can do nothing. Amen. And I want there to be a greater manifestation of God's presence in my life than ever before. And Paul writes here in this letter to the church at Corinth, and he says, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we are of a sound mind, it is, uh, if you can understand us, then he said, then it is for you. Understand that Paul is speaking to a church that has been uh, severely divided. He is talking to a church that they were judgmental, they had no unity, they had lost sight of their purpose. And you see, their city desperately needed them to be unified. Their city desperately needed them to become what God had intended for them to be. But instead of becoming what God had set for them to be, they became small and petty. And Paul knew the power of real praise and he knew what real worship would do. That it was not just a good song service. It wasn't about just having a tight band and some good singers. But real praise and worship will bring you into a place of unity. And when people become together and worship God, they will come together in general as well. Amen. You cannot have a church that genuinely worships God and have division in the house. You cannot have 
people that are loving God and glorifying Him and the people not coming together as well. Because the closer that you get to Him, the closer you get to each other. And when you do that, there will be a unity in the house of the Lord. Amen. And so Paul was telling this church at Corinth, he said, I understand that you have division. I understand that you have a critical spirit. I understand that there is division among you. But he said, what you need to do is get back to worshiping God. Hallelujah. When people come together, they will worship and worship God. They will come together themselves. When you start worshiping God, that critical spirit will leave. When you start praising God, you'll start judge, stop judging every song. Amen. Real praise and worship heals the atmosphere. Amen. And it will, when uh, that's why we must have real worship, is because we must have an atmosphere where healing can take place. Amen. When anything can happen. Amen. We must have an atmosphere where a drug addicted person can come and be set free, where the cancer will dry up, and where a marriage can be put back together in the same service. Amen. It is where there is true worship that will call us to forget what divides us and we will focus on what brings us together. That's the power of true worship. Amen. We must come together because this region needs us. There is a lost world that we must reach today. There are people counting on us that we must reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. They've seen enough division. They've seen enough critical spirits. They've seen enough judgmental people. But what they need to see is the anointing of the Lord that brings unity in the house of God. Amen. Paul says when we act normal, act with people in mind, in other words, when, we, when we're acting according to what we think people want us to act like, when we don't rock the boat, when we don't go after God with a passion, right? Because we care more about what people think than we do the presence of God. He says there's going to be trouble. But if we are beside ourselves... He said, if we are, in other words, if we are a little crazy, that word there, the two words beside ourselves in the Greek means extreme. Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you've been extreme for God? Just been extravagant with your praise. Didn't give a hoot who was sitting beside of you. You would say, this ain't for you, baby. This is for God. And you just gave him your best praise and your best worship. The Greek means to be extreme. He is telling them, if if you see me and it looks a little extreme, I'm dancing a little too much, shouting a little too long, praising too too loud for you. Just remember, this isn't for you. This is not, this is, if I get beside myself in this service, this isn't about you. This is about God. 
And so he said, if we get beside of ourselves, I didn't come tonight to check you out. I didn't come tonight, amen, to see uh, it, it, that if you, what you're wearing or what's going on in the latter status, uh, stages of life. But what I have come tonight is to let God know on a Wednesday night that he's worthy of my time. He is worthy of my worship. He is worthy of my energy. And I will bless him and give him praise. Amen. Amen. What you do during praise and worship is not for people. It's for God. Amen. And you should praise him according to that. Amen. People have the gall to sit and judge another person's praise while they themselves will not give God any praise. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to be critical of somebody else's praise, but we ourselves won't even give him a thank you, Jesus. We won't even raise our hand. We won't even say amen to the word of the Lord. And yet we have the gall to, to be critical of somebody else that just gets beside of their self. Amen. I want you to know tonight and understand this, that, that they didn't even know that what, uh, whenever we look at people's lives, we don't even know what they have gone through to produce the praise, amen, that they have. You see, whenever I'm looking for somebody to pray for me, I don't look for slick, slick willy. I don't look for the sophisticated. Oh, I'm not talking about somebody that looks nice. There's nothing wrong with that. You ought to look your best for the Lord. But what I'm talking about is somebody that doesn't look like they've been through anything. I look for some old saint that looks like they've been drugged through the uh, rat hole backwards and they've still got a praise in their mouth, still lifting their hands, still glorifying God and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I know my enemy would have stand, uh, destroyed me, but I'm just here tonight to be a testimony against the enemy and tell you that greater is he that is in me than the world that has come against me. Amen. And you see, those are the kind of people because it isn't, you've got to be, you've got to go through something before you can praise God. That's what I've noticed in the past several years of pastoring and especially in pastoring is that people that have been through some things know how to praise him. They don't have to have all the music. Thank God for the music. They don't have to have the best singers. Thank God for uh, gifted singers. But all they need to know is that it's time to worship and they will bless the Lord with all of their heart because they have been through some things. Amen. I've watched as, as, as I've been with family members and they, their families have been incarcerated. Some of them life sentences and I've watched them walk in the church the next Sunday morning and their, their hearts no doubt were heavy as I would stand and watch them, but I watched them as worship would go on and they did not, was not inhibited by the circumstances of their life, but they would lift their hands and glorify the God of heaven. Praise God. I've 
seen as watched and I've noticed as family members have lost little children and, and look at me at the hospital and say why and I don't have no uh, you know theological uh, discord with them and say well it's all I say I don't understand what has happened here but to watch them walk into the house of God and still have a praise still thank God and still understand that no I don't understand what's going on in my life but what I do understand is God is sovereign and he is good and he is worthy of my praise I want to tell you that's the kind of people that I want on my side that's the kind of people no nobody wants to go through those things but when you go through those trials and tests and difficulties and even discouragement of your life and you're able to bring yourself up into the house of God and say I will yet bless the Lord I'm telling you God will honor your praise he will honor your worship we need to praise God until we lose our mind <laughs> uh, yeah I thought I'd get a big hallelujah there so we just need to praise him until we lose our mind. Well, pastor, now you've gotten a little too crazy for me. Well, I thought you might think that, so I brought some scripture with me. Philippians 2 and 5 said, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Amen. The problem with most people is they have never lost their mind yet. Sometimes my mind says, I'm sick and I'm going to die. My mind says my marriage isn't going to make it. My mind says my kids will never serve God. But God's mind says, let me help you. Because God's mind says, by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. His mind says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. It is my goal for us to exchange our mind for the mind of God. In other words, amen, th this word mind here means opinion or a way of thinking. Amen. And we must have a mind transplant. Amen. We, uh, we were born with the mind of the first Adam. Are you walking with me now? But when the last Adam came, he invited us to take on his opinion, take on his way of thinking for us to receive a mind transplant. Amen. To let this mind be in you also, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. The, the Adam's mindset, we, uh, when trouble comes, we start complaining. Amen. And we take Prozac. I don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. But God's mindset, when trouble comes, we will say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. 
Amen. In Adam's mindset, the bad doctor's report says we're going to die, and so we give up and die. But God's mindset, he said, in all these things, I will bless him and I will praise the Lord. Why? Because when we give our God's way, uh, take on God's way of thinking, we know that when we praise him, we are attracting him into our dilemma. Praise God. And so when we understand and we think like God thinks, when we take on the nature and the mindset of Jesus Christ, we don't run and cower away when trouble comes, but we stand. And when we've done all that we know to do to stand, what do we do? We stand there for. Amen. Where will I stand? I'll stand by night in the house of God. I'll lift one hand without wrath and the other without doubt. And I will say of God that he is good and he is good all the time. Amen. And as I take on that mindset that he is good all the time, sickness may come, but I take on the mind of Christ that by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. Difficulties may come into my life. Amen. Situations may arise in my life, but I understand that I'm the head and not the tail. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I understand that when I praise him, he inhabits my praise. He ambushes my praise. And so therefore I begin to praise him. I attract God into my dilemma. And I say, God, guess what? You're going to have to fix this if you're going to get comfortable because I'm not going to quit praising you. Amen. I know that you're not used to lack. I know you're not used to sickness. I know you're not used to all of this mess. But guess what? You promised me that if I would praise you, you would ambush it. That you would inhabit. You would marry yourself to my praise. And so the only way this thing is going to change is if you turn it around because I'm not letting you go. For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, sickness and in health. I am going to bless you and praise your name. And so therefore God goes to work and begins to move and to minister in my life because he inhabits my praise. When we have God's way of thinking, we know that when we praise him, we attract him. I know I don't have the answers, so I decided to praise him. So the one who has the answer will show up with the answer. So if you're going through a hard time tonight, if you're dealing with some difficult things right now, Maybe you're being attacked in your body. Maybe you're being hindered in some areas of your life. I challenge you to just praise him. Worship him. Now you say, well, pastor, I'm not used to all of that. Well, then just practice when you're by yourself. Amen. Just practice being crazy by yourself. Lose your mind by yourself and just give him some kind of praise. You know, I don't believe that there is anybody that, it, that if they didn't have, uh, wasn't inhibited, that wouldn't bless God, that wouldn't worship him. But we have to get over those things and the opinions of people. Amen. 
and the opinions and the expectations of folks. We got to get over those things and we've just got to release ourselves and bless the Lord. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about a three ring circus. I think y'all that have been here long enough, you know, we ain't we ain't goofy. We ain't weird. Amen. But what I am talking about is losing our mind and putting on the mind of Christ. That we bless him and we praise him and get beside of ourselves and give him some kind of glory. How we think affects the way we act. You have to change your mind because how you think will affect the way you act. You've got to learn how to think like a champion before you'll be a champion. You've got to learn how to think like a worshiper before you'll be a worshiper. You've got to learn how to think like Christ before he will be revealed in your life. And so we take on this mindset, be not conformed in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, that word, mind, suke, mind, will, and emotions. Be not transformed by the renewing, uh, uh, conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so when I take on the mind of Christ, I take on the will of Christ, then I begin to act like Christ. Amen. And I can't, if I think that I'm a wretched worm, then I'll be a running around eating dirt. Amen. But how many know that's what the serpent did? The serpent ate the dirt. But we aren't wretched worms. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And because we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, no longer do we think of ourselves as wretched worms, but we think of ourselves as the royalty of God. We think of ourselves as the sons and the daughters of God. And when we think of ourselves like the royalty, then we begin to act like the royalty. Are you with me? And so we've got to put on this mind of Christ so we begin to think like Christ. Because I'm telling you, there is a hurting world that needs us tonight. Amen. And how many know that Christ would be thinking about the broken? He would be thinking about how can I reach the downtrodden? How can I reach the, the, the rich publican? How can I reach the, the, the devastated broke person? How can I reach the one that is bound and tormented in, in drugs and in slavery to sin? How can I reach them and bring them out of their bondage and into the light of God? So we have to take on this mindset and begin to think of ourselves as change agents. That we, as we worship him, God shows up big. How many know you can't set somebody free from addiction? I thought I'd have more people than that. No. Amen. You can't heal anybody. Amen. You, you can't deliver anybody. You can't restore a marriage. Thank God for wisdom. Thank God for counsel. Thank God for direction. All of those things are good. But at the end of the day, if God doesn't build the house, 
Amen. And so, but we've got to get to a place where that when we worship and we create an atmosphere that is conducive, then that those who are bound can be set free. Those who are broken can be healed. Those who are hopeless can find help and hope in their lives because we have created an atmosphere for God to dwell and to minister in this place. If God has promised you something, it will come. But in the process, in the process, praise and worship him like you've already got it. If God promised you, it will come to pass. But in the process, folks don't want to go through the process. Amen? But we'll talk about this later. But it's the anointing oil doesn't just come out of trees. But it's when the olive is crushed. It's through the crushing process. It's through the squeezing. I'll get on that at the first of the year. I can't get ahead of myself too much. But it's in that squeezing and that crushing process that the anointing begins to flow. And it's in that worship in our life, in that process of, God, I don't know what to do. God, you, I know you promised me, but what I'm seeing doesn't look nothing like what you said. And I am confused. Can anybody be real? Huh? Don't look nothing like you told me. Doesn't look nothing like you said. That dream, that vision that, that spoke to me, that hope, but it don't, that what I'm going through right now, I don't see how it can ever happen. There is no way. I don't know how it's going. But in the midst of this process that I'm going through, I am to praise and worship him like it has already happened. Like what he said he would do, then I'm going to act like what he told me, praise God. And so I want to tell you tonight that that's the reason some people say, well, pastor, how come you preach so strong on Wednesday nights and, and we just have 50, 60 folk here? Because I'm not just preaching to you, you see. I have a prophetic anointing and I'm preaching to 500. I don't preach to 250 on Sunday. I preach to the next 250 that's on their way. Amen. Why? Because I'm proud prophesying. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm not just preaching to what is here, but I'm declaring kingdom of God come and will of God be done because I know that God has promised us a greater harvest than what we have yet to see. Glory to God. Amen. And so that's the reason I lean in so hard. That's the reason I'm believing God is because I'm going to act like tonight, like I'm going to act when there's 500 people here to preach to. Amen. 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 I don't need a whole lot of people to believe with me. I just need a few. It ain't so we can say, well, look at us and look how many numbers. It's about souls that are being saved out of, snatched out of hell and their lives being changed for the glory of God. It's about your family. It's about your children. It's about your grandchildren. It's about generations to come. Amen. That we are changing their lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
statistics are so against us, and I'm uh, and I'm I'm done. But let me just pastor a minute. You know, if we want to admit it or not, we are a, a country today that, if we are not already there, are on the verge of being an anti-Christian nation. That's just the reality of it. Somebody, I think Sister Pat sent, sent me some things here even before the election. And I believe, if I recall correctly in my reading, that, that, that they, the best they can figure, America is about 45 to 46% Christian today. Now, let, let's do some math here. Now, if 45 to 46% say they're Christian, how many of them really worship God? really have a relationship with him. And so now we cut it down more. Then we look at some other statistics. Does that mean I'm time to, to stop? <laughs> I'm almost finished, Shannon, I promise. Amen. If you'll cut that, cut that switch off and turn it back on, I think we'll be all right. All right. Other statistics. The, the main, yeah, there you go. Yeah, now they can't see me. Other statistics say that uh, uh, 30, I believe it's 34, or 64% of the next generation coming up will accept Christ before the age of 13. 64% of them will receive Christ that do before the age of 13. They're also saying that if we continue on the same course that we're on, if we continue the same course that we're on in America, that only 4% of the next generation will be Christian. That's the reason why, my brothers and sisters, we've got to be a church that praises Him. We've got to be a church that will worship him because not just us, but our next generation is counting upon it. And they've got to know there's a real God. They've got to know that there is a real God that they can know personally and their lives can really be changed. It's not a mystical God. It's not some kind of God that has just been created in the minds of some crazy people, but it is a God that people can know. And so we have to be those agents of change that will just get beside of ourselves and worship him and create an atmosphere that these generations can feel him and experience the grace and the power of God. Amen. I know some people don't understand why, you know, we invest so much, but I tell you, that's the reason because I refuse to allow on my watch. I may not have a voice for the nation, but I have a voice in this valley. And I refuse for this valley to raise up a generation that only 4% of them know God. Amen. And that's the reason Pastor Eric and the, and the children's ministry team are pushing so hard and their lives are being changed back there. They're not just back there doing nursery work. Their lives are being impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm so proud of them. I'm proud of our student ministry. I'm proud of our young adults. I'm proud that we are a multi-generational church. Amen.
And when we bring our praise together and our worship together, our preferences may be different. But when we allow our preference to become our prejudice, then we have missed the mark. Amen. If I cannot worship God in a hymnal that gives him praise, just like I can worship him in a course that gives him praise, then I've become prejudiced and it becomes about me and not about the one I'm singing about. And so it doesn't matter what the song is, if it's in a book that's 1,800 years old or if it's on a wall that came out yesterday. If it gives him glory, if it gives him honor, if it gives him praise, then I ought to praise him with my whole heart. Hallelujah. Because it's not about me. It's about him. And when I give him praise, I bring him into my situation. And he moves on my behalf. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. I don't know. Maybe we could just practice his presence a little bit tonight. That'd be all right. If we just practice his presence and just lift your heart toward him right now. Y'all got us a song? What you got us? Amen. Let's just take, I don't know, can you stand three minutes? Let's take three minutes and let's just worship him tonight. Can we do that? Just with your whole heart, just get beside of yourself and just worship him the way you always wanted to worship him. And just give him glory, give him praise, give him honor tonight. As we sing tonight, let's bless his name. A line in the sand, I want to be standing by your side. 